couple of warm days, got a little cooler, but at least it wasn't raining. But, you know, when it was warmer, we changed our apparel a little bit. It was nice the other day just to not have to wear anything but like a t-shirt, you know, short sleeves, felt good outside, and then it got colder, put the jacket on. You know, you, you learn to adapt to whatever's happening. And it's no different in, in you know, what you do and in, in what you go through with the Lord. You learn to adapt. You learn what season you're in. And uh, this season requires a little more fasting, maybe, or prayer, or, or maybe, uh, you know, just time alone with God, you know, consecration, things like that. And, and because you know that eventually it'll change again. It's always changing, and we just, uh, the old saying, you just roll with the changes. You know, you just, uh, some people have a hard time with change. And, uh, and I understand that uh, almost always no change is ever just completely hiccup-free. It's, uh, you know, you have to get used to something, but some people are really thrown off by, by change. And, and um, so we're praying for people who's, Lives are in change right now. They're in transition. They're going through things or seeing things or experiencing things that they've never had to deal with before. And so, you know, I think about the, when the Lord spoke to Peter and he said, I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. He knew that Peter was going to face something that was going to really shake him up because Peter, I think he kind of prided himself on being, uh, especially after those keys were handed to him, I think that he kind of you know, felt a little pride, a little here I am, I've arrived kind of status of, you know, and so he was quick to say, Lord, everybody else could run off, and, but I'm going to stay with you till you die. He, he was quick to make them kind of statements, and, and I think he probably meant it when he said it. But he soon found out that he couldn't keep that word and I'm sure the turmoil that he felt of denying the Lord was just about more than he could bear because Peter was just flesh and blood. He was like you and I. And so God prayed, or the Lord prayed, said, Look, I've prayed for you, Peter, that your faith won't fail. This is going to shake you up. It's going to hurt. It's going to make you feel bad, but I don't want you to quit. And so that's what we're, we're praying during this season for a lot of our people that their faith fails not and that's not even my, my message tonight that just goes along with the prayer so uh, tonight um, let's just start out and pray for the lesson and then we'll get started tonight Lord thank you for this opportunity to learn from your word we just give you honor and praise once again for being in your presence and we thank you for your mercy that's new every day Help us to learn, to grow, to be fed by this word tonight. We're going to praise you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. What a great God. I'm thankful for the word of God. If there's anything going to get us through, it'll be that. It'll be that word of God. So uh, tonight, I want to uh, kind of continue uh, in building on Sunday's uh, word for increase principle behind where the increase came from. Paul wrote to the church in Corinth that uh, I have planted, 
Apollos watered, God gave the increase. Stating once again that I have a hand in what is happening in my walk, in my ministry, in my life. Uh, I do have a part in this. Uh, in uh, tonight, the title of this lesson is When, When, When. Now, not the kind of when like, oh, when is this going to be over kind of when. You'll see what I'm talking about in just a moment. But following along with what Paul said there to the Corinthians, he wrote really uh, something very similar, a scripture we quote a lot of times and we mention it a lot of times. He wrote to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 3 and 20. Uh, He gives God the glory. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Now what he's saying, that doesn't mean that God can't do anything he wants to do whenever he wants to do it. He's God, and he does things. He works things after the counsel of his own will. He, he can do what he wants to do whenever he wants to do it. But Paul is writing to the church. He is saying, listen, saints. He's giving instruction to his brethren because he's not going to be around all the time. I can't do everything for you, and I can't always be You've got to be able to understand something that God uh, can do exceeding and abundantly above all that we ask or think. There are things that can be done by God that you can't even fathom, but it is according to the power that worketh in us. Now, it can be the power of reaping and sowing. If we sow sparingly, we're going to reap sparingly, but if we sow in abundance, we're going to reap abundantly. He didn't say, uh, you know, when he says according to the power, what level, what power level are you working at? You know, where is that at? Because I believe there are some times when our faith is weak, but it's faith nonetheless. I believe there are times that uh, we have enough faith to get it to God, but we don't know if we have enough faith to see it follow through. And uh, so what I'm saying here is that Waiting around for God to do, I know God can do things that blow my mind, but if I'm going to sit around and act like uh, I've just got to wait, wait on him to wait on me, I'm, I'm not going to sit around saying, okay, God, go ahead, blow my mind. He's saying these things will happen to you, to the church, to the saints, according to the power that works in you. In other words, you have a part in what is happening in your life right now. And when we learn to take that kind of spiritual responsibility uh, as we mature in Him and and realize that it's great to have people that pray for you, and it's great to have people that can uh, speak into your life. You need that. We need each other. We need that unity. We need that connection and fellowship. But ultimately... There are going to be times where you are going to have to touch God for yourself. And you are going to have to believe because I can't always believe for you. Sometimes, you know, sometimes I feel like uh, I can't even believe for myself sometimes. You know what? It happens to preachers. You believe that? It does. Absolutely. Even happens to pastors. It does. It, it happens to pastors and their families that sometimes they struggle 
sometimes, God, uh, what are you going to do? Or how's this going to work? Or can I even uh, make this happen? But uh, things will happen according to the power that worketh in us. And so it's just like right along with the scripture that uh, he said, we must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So he is a rewarder, but who's he rewarding? The seeker. You've got to know that you play a part in what God is going to do in your life. And now while he blesses us, sometimes it just seems like, sometimes we think, man, he just blessed me out of the blue. And maybe the blessing showed up, and it it may seem like it's out of the blue, but it's because of things you have done that God is saying, I'm taking care of my children. Didn't Jesus say, consider the fields, how... God adorns them, and not even Solomon, all his glory was adorned as one of these. And then uh, consider the fowls of the air and how he feeds them and takes care of them. He said, how much more important are you than these fields or these birds? And God will take care of these things. Jesus goes on to say, but seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added. When are they added? After the individual is in that mode of seeking God. So there are things that uh, sometimes we get in that easy chair and we sit back and we say, God, lay it on me. And wouldn't that be nice? Because, hey, he's already done what he needs to do. He's already taken care of what he needs to do. We've got to remember now that we are the church, we are the body, and we are, according to the scripture, one of these very important titles that is laid on the church. We are workers together with him. And so uh, he's not just working by himself to see this church grow and go and be prosperous. We are workers together with him. There's, uh, that's why maybe you know, the scripture said, no man putting his hand to the plow and looking back. Uh, you've got to keep that hand on the plow and don't look back. Keep moving forward. Keep going. There are things that you do to make your life better uh, just natural in your natural life. Hey, living for God will improve the quality of your life. Yes, sir. Absolutely. When you live for God, it will keep you uh, in a much better position in this world. It'll keep you healthier. It doesn't mean that God's children don't get sick. Now, don't get me wrong, but but it'll keep you healthier because there's a lot of habits that you stay away from as a child of God. It, uh, you know, so it, all that. Uh, 24 hours of partying and drinking goes out the window. You'll live a lot longer staying away from that kind of lifestyle. You know, so there's there's things that uh, just living for God, exercise yourself under godliness because it's profitable in this world and in the world to come. So living for God is going to benefit you. And so we've got to make sure that uh, we're not waiting around on God to simply do everything for us. Paul such a great uh, inspiration to us in the scripture. And he's, you know, he talks about, uh, even before he came to God, all his credentials, the things he could boast of. He, he began to talk in one place about the visions he had had, the revelations that God had given him, and things he had seen. I mean, incredible stuff. And pretty cool testimony of how that God flattens him on his back on the road to Damascus and reveals himself. I mean, that probably scared him to death, but still pretty... Uh, Neat that God, instead of just killing him because he was persecuting the church, decides, I'll change your life and get you working for me. 
Paul makes the statement in Philippians 4 and 13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Notice that in any of these scriptures he referenced, he never leaves God out. He's never saying these are things I do on my own. I, I realize the source, and my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. He, there is a source, and Paul recognizes the source from where all the blessings flow. But the individual gets those blessings to flowing. I believe that. When we start praying, God starts hearing. If my people which are called by my name, God says, here's how it'll work. If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven. Man, he is holding the floodgate back, waiting on the voice of the believer. He has got the windows ready to sling them open, and he is just waiting for the cry of his child. There they are. And here comes the floodgates open. Here comes the blessings. Here comes the miracles. Here comes the signs. And these signs shall follow them that believe. And so uh, they come from him. But he's not just every morning. It's not like he's going out to to water a garden every morning. Uh, Let me just water my people every morning. He's with us all the time. He's always with us. He's a very present help in time of trouble, but somebody's got to call on him. There's got to be an action by the individual. I believe, I'm not saying we earn our salvation through works. Don't nobody get that twisted. I'm telling you that once God has saved us and we are born again and we're his children, that when we walk this walk of the born again believer, if we want to see the miracles of God, we're going to do the word of God. And we're going to, if, if we're going to have uh, all kind of blessings and holiness in our life, then we're going to live that life or it ain't going to happen. And let me tell you, don't confuse it and think because a lot of, you know, people can build a good life for themselves and they can get comfortable in this world and think, wow, look at all this. A man in the scripture did it. A big harvest come in. He forgets to give God the glory for it. So he says, I'm going to tear these barns down, big, build big barns, fill them up, and then I'm going to sit back. And I'm going to take my ease. And, and the Lord said, you fool, because your soul's required tonight. And then who's going to have all these things you've laid up? You think you did all this. It didn't come from you. You know, you, you did all these things, and that's what you trusted in. But where was your soul at? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? I'm not trading anything for my soul. So uh, I want the life that God wants me to have. And I believe that God wants his children to walk in authority. I believe he gave, when he gave, uh, you know, the whole born again uh, principle is to get us back into reconciliation with him and to have the kind of walk with him that Adam had with him before the transgression. And Adam had dominion. It was given to him from the beginning. And so I believe that uh, God's children have dominion that they do not access. I believe we have, uh, the Bible says we can mortify the deeds of the flesh to the spirit. I believe there is power that we have through the Holy Ghost that lives inside of us, through the Spirit of God, through the name of Jesus. Because whatsoever we do in word or deed, we do it all in the name of Jesus. I believe there's something for us in this life. And, And I know that people think, 
I think people have confused uh, being a Christian and Christianity and things like that of just having, uh, you've got to have these essential items. You've got to have a church building, a congregation, and services. And that's what makes up the life of a believer. How empty that would be if all we had was a building, some people hanging out together, and some church services. What about walking with him daily? What about him dwelling inside of me? What about him adopting me into the body through the Spirit? What about uh, speaking in tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance? Praying in the Holy Ghost, building ourselves up on our most holy faith. Man, let me tell you, I'm, I'm thankful for this relationship that we have with God and the connection that we have with God. And it's more than just uh, uh, us hanging out together and, and plastering a name on a sign and, and saying we're part of an organization and here's where we are, but having an actual relationship with God, with our Creator. In Matthew 7, 7 and 8, Jesus said, Ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and ye shall find Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Three things. Ask, seek, knock. Well, why don't you just give it to me? Why don't you just lay it out in the open? Or why don't you just open all the doors? Well, I could, but I'm not going to. I want to see where your faith is at. I want to see where your trust is at. I want to see where your obedience level is at. I want to see what you think about what I'm doing in your life. So he said, if you'll ask and it shall be given you. If you will seek, and you shall find, knock, it shall be opened. And then he says, For everyone that asketh, receiveth, and he that seeketh, findeth, and to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. So there's a, uh, this goes right along with what uh, Paul said about planting and watering, God giving the increase. He said, If you're asking, seeking, and finding, then God is giving, God's revealing, and God's opening. We do our part, God does his part. And so uh, we don't have to bump our heads against the wall wondering, uh, where do I go from here? I saw somebody post uh, something today, if I can remember it right, said, whenever you find yourself run up against the wall, use the door. Jesus said, I am the door. And he is the door in every situation. And you might come up against the wall, but you just go to Jesus and you'll get through where you've got to get to. So things... uh, are getting done, and we see in these scriptures, every one of them just testifies that things are getting done because I'm doing my part. Even in our go-to scripture for being Pentecostal, Acts 2.38, uh, repentance and baptism, that's me. But the Holy Ghost is from him. And he said, so he said, repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That was in response to the question, what shall we do? What is my part in this? Now that we understand what you're talking about, what do we need to do? And then he went on to say, uh, with many other words, did he testify and exhort, saying, save yourself. You have a part in keeping yourself right with God, protecting yourself through this world. He said, from this untoward or twisted up and warped generation, you've got power to walk through this world because of the Scripture because of obedience to the word and because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And if God be for you, who can be against you? And if you're calling on him, well, he's going to answer. 
I cried unto the Lord, and he heard my voice. Did God not know I was in trouble before I cried? Sure he did. And I know that, that we don't realize sometimes that God is, is blessing us because of the life we've lived. Sometimes we're like in a place where I haven't had to really just cry out for help in a long time. I've just been thanking him and worshiping him and, and doing, being faithful, telling people about God. I'm just living my life and doing what's right. And, and all of a sudden, pow, wow, where'd this come from? It's because God rewards them that diligently seek him. And God blesses his people with rewards, showers of blessings and things that come down on us just because we are obedient to him. If I'm willing and obedient, I eat the good of the land. And so sometimes it's not even about I'm in a trial and I get, get something. We think sometimes that the only time God gives us anything is when we're in trouble. But a lot of times it's when things are going good. that He just goes ahead and, and lets us see the good of the land. We're willing, willing to do whatever God is asking of us. We're being obedient. We're walking upright as good as we can. And you know what obedience is? Obedience and walking in obedience doesn't mean walking without falling. You know what another part of obedience is? It's saying, God, forgive me. If we confess our faults, he's faithful to forgive us. That's obedience to the word. And so, uh, yeah, I write unto you that you sin not. But if that happens, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. We, and so when he says, if you're willing and obedient, hey, I'm willing to say I'm sorry. I'm willing to repent. And I'm, I'm willing to confess my faults. And, and that's obedience. We think, man, I've got, to, I've got to walk the line, and if I make one mistake, God's going to kick me to the curb, and God's going to blast me, and my whole life's going to be over, and, and everybody's going to hate me. That's not so. I'm never going to have anything good because I really messed up. And, you, and that's what kills you, isn't it? Because God lays out that spread before you when you know you have been sorry. And I ain't talking about, oh, I'm sorry. I'm talking when you've been sorry. When you've been awful, when you know that, oh, boy, I was terrible. And what is this? Oh, this is even worse. You know, you just, I'd rather him slap me than this. Oh, no. But the goodness of God, it is the goodness of God that leadeth thee to repentance. It is not the Lord's will that any perish, but that people would come to repentance. God's trying to get people to a place. So obedience to the word always brings the reward. So I'm not saying that God doesn't have a part or that we're uh, in front of God. God loved us first, and he saved us. He is the initiator in this relationship. Don't get it wrong. And the most vital part of our walk, it's him. There's no way around it. But now, again, I'm repeating myself, but now that we are born again, adopted into the body, there are principles in the word that we live by and that provide for us Faith without works is still dead. Regardless of what this world teaches today, it's still true. Faith without works is still dead. If it was dead when they wrote that scripture then, it's still dead. It, it, it has not been resurrected by some false doctrine. Faith without works is still dead. That's why Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17, All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. This is, way, this is how you live your life. This is where you get your life. For instruction in righteousness. Why? 
that the man of God or woman of God may be perfect or complete, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So he's saying that uh, you've got works to do, but you're only going to accomplish these works by the Word. The Word of God is uh, perfect. It was given by inspiration. It's, and it's good for anything that is like the old slogan, it's good for what ails you. It's good for anything you're facing, going through, anything you need. The Word has it. And when we walk by that Word, when we apply that Word, when we plant, when we water, God gives the increase. When we ask, when we seek, when we, uh, when we do these things, when we, we call on the name of the Lord, when we knock, these things, we're going to have these things. The Lord said it. But remember, you've got a part in this. We all, you know, God just kicked the door open. Why don't you just knock on it? You know, uh, I said it the other, I don't know if it was Monday night maybe or, or maybe it was on Sunday, but, uh, you know, ask and you shall receive. The prodigal son's older brother sitting out in the field whining and crying all sour-faced and, and upset because everybody's having a party over this dirty, nasty, backslidden younger brother that did all kind of horrible things. He can't take it. And his complaint is that you never gave me. You never asked. It was always here. All that I have is thine. But if you'd rather just see, he was working, trying to, he was reputation. I'm the good son. I'm the best son. See how hard I work. See how faithful I am to your house and all these things. I, I just want reputation and recognition. But reputation and recognition ain't enough. I want the fatted calf. I want the, I want the goods. I want the rejoicing. I want the blessing. I want the increase. I want, I want the favor. But he never had it. And the father just let him every day. I'm sure he, he loved him, appreciated him. But he never said, you know what? You're not working today. Come on in. We're having a party. The son's complaint was, you never gave me a party. You never killed the calf for me. You never invited my friends over. Son, everything I have is yours. And you're always with me. You never asked. You never stopped one day and said, hey, could I take the day off? And... Have a party with my friends. Get a, you mind if we you know, celebrate this Friday? We've been working hard. He would have said, man, let's do it up. I'm sure it would have been a, a good distraction for him while this other boy was off and lost, but he never asked. And so there's a, uh, don't get so busy. See, he was under the impression, I work so hard and I'm always so faithful that, that he owes me. God don't owe me nothing. He's already done his part. But what's available for me is anything. I said the other night, I said, it's not about you know, uh, what will God do when we pray, it's what won't he do. It opens up the floodgates. It, it's, nothing is impossible to him that believes. So, so uh, what I'm trying to build on is, is uh, from Sunday is that helping us to see as we are just still new in this year, if we really want this to be that year of increase and, and be a blessed year, that what are we going to do about what God's got for us? How, how are we going to treat this walk with God? How are we going to treat our day-to-day with God? Are we going to sit around uh, hoping He's going to just 
shake out the blessings are we going to seek, are we going to ask, are we going to knock, are we going to plant, are we going to water? Are we going to stir up the gift that's within us? Are we going to use what God has given us so that we can see these blessings? Because uh, this world is dependent on the church. But your life is going to be a lot better and a lot more fulfilled, and you're going to be a lot less frustrated with God when you find yourself doing the things of God. A lot of people, they get frustrated and, and, and walk away. It's, it's because they felt God owed them. Well, let's see, what did he owe you? He died for you, filled you with his spirit. He's the healer. He's, he's everything you need. What, what does he owe you? The Bible says that to owe no man anything but to love one another. God don't owe us anything but to love us. If he, he loves us, and he loved us first. And so that's taken care of. He never stops, no matter how bad we are, how good we are. Nothing changes his love for us. He loves us. And so what are we going to do about the things that God has asked us to do? And how are we going to be better blessed if we'll do those things? In Matthew uh, chapter 6, I haven't talked from this in a while, but um, I think I've got time to get to it tonight. Yeah, in Matthew 6, I'm going to read uh, the first, actually the first 18 verses, but this is where the title of our lesson comes in. Take heed that you do not your alms before men. And if you know what he's talking about, giving. Uh, to be seen of them, otherwise you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have the reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. When thou hast shut thy door, pray to the Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them. For your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. After this manner therefore pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. As another, when you forgive, when you do, it could have been when, 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 when. But, uh, but moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have the reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head, wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. So um, there are three things here in these 18 verses that Jesus expects us to do and instructs us to do. 
Verse 2, is he says, when we give. Verse 5 says, when we pray. And verse 16, fast. Every time there, the word when precedes the action that leads to the result or the reward. So when I'm saying when, 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 I'm not talking about the way we uh, say when, 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 like we're asking how much longer is this going to go on? When are we going to be there? When is this going to be over? I'm talking about when as what is expected, as when you do this. It's what is expected of us, and it lets us know that when we do these things, that we will be rewarded openly. So there are three things here that are very specific for a believer's life. And I believe absolutely if Jesus felt the need to address these that we do not get to walk away from any one of these uh, subjects, whether it be giving, whether it be prayer, or whether it be fasting. The same amount of validation and importance should be given to each one of these subjects because each one of them uh, is to be done, and when they are done, each one brings a reward. If God thinks enough to reward me for it, uh, he expects me to do it. I just believe that. God will reward us openly when these things are done, just like Jesus instructed. Now, I've taught this before because of these three things. Um, Again, we don't pick one and leave the others out. Well, I'm not really good at praying, but I don't mind writing a check. So I'll just, I'll give to compensate for my lack of prayer. Or, whoo, I love to eat. And so I don't mind praying, but I can't do without, you know, my biscuit and gravy or donuts or whatever it is I got to have. I, don't ask me to fast. You know, they, they, people want to, you know, so I'll do more of this so I don't have to do this. That's not how it works. They, they are built on one another. These three principles uh, feed off of one another. Um, they are part of a believer's walk. This is something you, your your walk is going to be handicapped severely if you neglect any one of these areas in your life. And they're not only good for your church life, your spiritual life, but they're good for the natural life. We know that if we give, it'll be given back, pressed down, shaken together, together and running over. So forget about the part, and we'll talk about these more in depth, over the next few weeks, but forget about the part about robbing God and things like that that the Scripture talks about. I'm just telling you that um, if you'll do uh, naturally, if you'll give, you're going to be blessed. Now, there are some people who are faithful to church, man, uh, or they love God, and they are faithful givers, but you, you just don't see them in church very often. But you know what I do see? I see God bless them financially. Because God's going to do what he's going to do. Do you know you can give and be blessed back, just like the word says, but still be lacking with God? Because God's going to honor his word. And if a person gives to support ministry or missions or a church, things like that, they can do that and really say, yeah, man, I, but I'm just, not, I'm just not a big church goer, but I'm just going you know, to, I'll, I'll support. Well, you can do that. I know a lot of people that do that. But you need more than that. You've got to have more than that. But you know what? What happens sometimes is that they get blessed because of it. They think they're all right. Well, is that not God confusing them? No, that's not God confusing them. God's, if, if they would be where they need to be, they would understand the whole principles. And if they would read the scripture, they'd realize that uh, I can't buy my way in. And so... 
Some people, uh, you know, pray all the time. Pray without ceasing. But I need my money. Well, they all work together. And when, they, when we do them all together like that, um, the principle that we find from the Scripture in Ecclesiastes 4 and 12 is, is applied. Ecclesiastes 4 and 12 teaches us that a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Wow. So, I, I, actually, I didn't even know where this was. It, I didn't realize it was under here, but I used this years ago teaching this, on that this, these same Scriptures on that same principle, that each one of these cords is, is pretty stout. But as you begin to bind them together. Now this is a threefold cord. You can hang a lot more weight off this. It's a lot stronger because each strand lends strength to the other. And as you bind them together and weave them together, it gets even stronger. It's harder to break. It's just like that that old story about the man who had uh, several sons. He was on his deathbed. He called his boys and said, when you come in, everybody bring a stick. And he took one of the sticks and he broke it and then he took uh, the other sticks and bound them together, and he said, when you're by yourself, you can be easily broken. He said, but when you're together, and you know, you could, they'll bend, but they won't break. And so these principles that we find, because all Scripture is given by inspiration, and so these principles that a threefold cord, well, you know, he's not just talking about rope. What used to you and I, I don't even use a rope. For anything, so that's you know this. I don't really have to. That's good to know. If I get a rope, I'm gonna get a three one that's got at least three strands in it, so I know it won't break easy. But um, but he's talking about there are principles in Scripture, things that are bound together. Even Jesus said some things only come forth by prayer and fasting. They've got to be together. Or it don't work. And so this threefold cord is uh, not quickly broken. So just like each cord lends strength to the other. These acts of faith, and that's what giving, praying, and fasting are. They're acts of faith. There are physical acts that we do, but we do them by faith in the Word of God. When they're preached to us, it should build us, give us faith to give, to pray, to fast. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. And, and how can they hear without a preacher? So when a preacher is preaching these things and we will believe them and receive them, we can have faith to incorporate them in our life. These acts of faith in our lives are strong as one because each one has a reward. If you give, you'll be rewarded. If you pray, you'll be rewarded. If you fast, you'll be rewarded. Each one of them uh, bears fruit if you do that. They're strong as one, but when they are applied together, they will help build a life of faith that is not quickly broken. Uh, You will rarely see... uh, and uh, a Christian, a, a child of God who has really incorporated the Word of God. I'm talking about the whole Word of God uh, in their life. You, you, that's why you see them serve God 40, 50, 60, 70 years because they can't be broken so easily. But when you have somebody who uh, you know, likes to come to church but they don't like to pray, that's why you don't see them in church all the time because uh, many other things, have they haven't developed that relationship with God. And, you know, praying, is, uh, praying to God is, is not a monologue, it's a dialogue. You know, too many people uh, think praying is monologuing, just saying things over and over like you're trying to uh, force God into some kind of uh, action by repeating something over and over again. That's why I said don't use vain repetitions. It, it's dialogue with God, talk to God, and, and uh, listen 
to what God's trying to say. But anyway, uh, when you have these three things together, giving, praying, fasting, Jesus mentioned them, they're important. He didn't just talk about the weather. He didn't just talk about stuff that was, hey, let's fill some pages. Uh, every word was inspired, and uh, he was God, and he was, this is God manifest in the flesh, telling his people how to have the best life, how to get the increase. So he's saying, uh, you need to understand, when you give, you'll be rewarded. When you pray, you will be rewarded. When you fast, you will be rewarded. And if you've got these kind of things going on in your life, man, you've got communication with God. If you're fasting, then you're breaking chains and things that would hinder you in this world. And if you're giving, you've got stuff coming back to you that you need. Man, you're fully equipped. You're thoroughly furnished unto good works. And that's why you can stand in the storm and stand in the trials, and that's why you can keep going on because you are now, you have the, the when, when, when in your life. And when you do these things, you are rewarded. That's how you up your game. That's how you bring your walk with God to the next level when you apply the principle of when you do, God is going to reward. Now, we don't do it. It's not like dropping a quarter in a, in a gumball machine. It's, it's not, not like that. It's just uh, I'm telling you that God is faithful to bless his people, and if they do his word, he does the rewarding. And so um, all these scriptures, remember, this is word, word of God. We live by the word. In Mark uh, chapter 8, Jesus is telling a parable about a sower. And uh, at first he, he, he gives the parable and he talks about the sower sowed seed and it fell on uh, stony ground, some fell by the wayside. And he, he begins to describe how uh, the seed was choked and didn't grow, but some fell on good ground and it brought forth in abundance. The disciples didn't really understand, so he, he gives him the explanation. He said the, the sower is sowing the word. The seed is the word of God. And he said, whenever that seed finds good ground, Mark 8 and 20, he said, these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, I've heard it, they receive it. When you receive it, that means you plan on initiating that into your life. When you receive the word of God, uh, you are planning on initiating the word of God in your life following these principles. And he said, so they hear the word, they receive it. And because they do that, they bring forth fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100. So there's a threefold blessing to hearing the word and receiving it and applying it to your life. It will, when you do that, it'll bring forth fruit or it'll, you'll receive the increase or you'll be rewarded sometimes 30, sometimes 60, sometimes 100. I believe that can apply to this giving, praying, and fasting. That if, uh, if giving is just a big part of your life, prayer not so much, maybe you're bringing forth 30-fold in your life. But if you combine it with uh, giving and praying, well, you're seeing 60-fold. But, but go ahead and, and pop that third one in there, give, pray, and fast. And now you didn't just uh, double up. You didn't jump all the way to 100. Now it's a hundredfold. You're seeing the maximum output in your life from God because you are doing what God asked you to do. But let me tell you, that's the way to live your life for God. Do what He asks you to do. He will do what He said He'll do. His Word won't return unto Him void, but it will accomplish. And I'm telling you that these principles, these things that Jesus taught to the church and the things that Paul said to the church, it's very important that we pay attention. I can do 
all things. I can do it. I can pray. I can fast. And I can give. And I can see. Because people say, well, I, I just can't give. I, we'll, we're going to talk about giving and stuff later on. Uh, we're going to break down each one of these and talk about what the Scripture says about each one of them and things like that. But uh, one of the biggest mistakes I've, I've seen people make when they talk about giving this, well, I, I can't, uh, well, I can't give my tithes this week. I don't have it. Well, you might not have it, but you had it. And, and so, well, that sounds mean. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just telling you the truth and recognize where you are. It's the first fruits. And you don't pay or give it. You return it. <laughs> You're returning it uh, to the Lord. And so, uh, you know, reading today in Genesis, talking about Jacob, all the things that he had, and he told the Lord, he said, and all these things you blessed me with or will bless me with, he said, I'm going to give you the tenth of it back, give it back or return it because I'd never had it without you anyway. So um, if you've been kind of confused on that point to think, well, I don't know how God expects me to pay my tithes. I don't have them. But you had them. Because uh, before you write any other check or do anything else, you write them out. And you say, well, that's easy to say. Well, it's easy to say because it's the, the Scripture. But uh, I know that times are tight and times are hard. We can get ourselves strapped into a place to where we can't, uh, in our mind, obey God's Word. We could do it, but that's why you stay away from all them credit cards. That's why you stay away from all them loans or houses or cars you can't afford, things like that, because the, uh, the borrower is slave to the lender. And so uh, you can't serve two masters. It's hard if you make yourself a slave to the, to the lender. That's where you start coming up with, well, I can't pay, I can't pay, I can't pay. Anyway, a threefold blessing if we receive the word. And so if we receive the word, give, pray, fast. That's the word. If you receive that, 30, 60, 100. So I, I, I see the potential and the power of obeying God's word, having that relationship with him and having faith in him. What are we doing without? What are we missing out on? What walls are not coming down? What chains are not being broken? All because we're not doing what the word says. When we follow these three commands, we're working on three things. What we should be doing, what God is doing, and what people see about God because it's our testimony. When people, He says, I will reward you openly. That means people will see the blessing of God on your life. It's not so you can walk around and say, well, look at me. God loves me better than everybody else. But it's so that your light can shine. What's the scripture say? Let your light so shine before men that they can see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. When they see, now you make sure you give glory to God. Wow, man, you're doing good. God gets the glory. This is what comes when you serve God. Give God the glory so they they don't go around saying, wow, look how smart he is and look how talented he is and look how wise he is and things like that. You, You give God the glory. That's letting your light shine. That's your testimony. So whenever you... Follow these, these things like giving, praying, and fasting. You're, you're simply building up your testimony. And it's a principle in the book of Acts. These three things.
one of the greatest stories and miracles in Scripture uh, for a man and his household came because of obedience to these three principles. In Acts chapter 10, it says there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius. Verse 2 said he was a devout man, one that feared God with all his house. He gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He's got these two things working hand in hand. And because he's doing that, he saw in a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, and an angel of God coming into him, saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked, he was afraid, said, What is it, Lord? And he says, Your prayers and your alms are come up for a memorial before God, and now send men to Joppa. Call for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodges with one Simon a Tanner, who shall t- who's by the seaside, and he's going to tell you what you ought to do. Now, when he re- recalls this story, when Cornelius repeats this story back to Peter. Here's what he says in verse 30. Cornelius said, four days ago I was fasting. So now we've already found out that he fasts, prays, and gives. And all these things are working together on that in his life. He is a giver, he is a prayer, and he is a faster. And he says because of that, here, I look up and behold a man in bright clothing. Sounds like that man in bright clothing uh, that uh, Mila saw. And uh, he's getting angels showing up in his living room. He's getting a word from God. He's getting a preacher to show up. Him and his whole household are filled with the Holy Ghost and then baptized in Jesus' name. And Peter ain't never heard of Cornelius. He's doing all these things, and the Father that saw in secret rewarded openly. He rewarded them for his giving, for his praying, and for his fasting, and it saved him and his house. Don't you see what I'm talking about? And if it still worked there, it still works here. And so be faithful in every aspect of it. A three-fold cord is not quickly broken. Give, pray, fast. Win, win, win. When you give, when you pray, when you fast, then, if Cornelius never prayed, if he hadn't have been in prayer and fasting, if he wasn't a giver, no angels, no memorial coming up before God. He had to be doing something for God to hear something. He had to be doing something for God to recognize something. I want God to recognize me. I want Him to see my consecration. I want Him to see my dedication. I want Him to see that I am more than just uh, someone who takes up space in a building. I want Him to know that I'm more than somebody who just has a card that says, hey, these people said you could preach. I want Him to see that I live my life for Him. I don't want to have to wait on anybody to ask me to pray. I don't want to have to wait on Monday night prayer meeting to pray. I don't want to wait for somebody to call a fast or to try to shake me down to give. I want to, I want to have these principles instituted in my life. Give. Just give what you got. That's what the woman with the two mites, she just gave, she didn't, gave what she had. Man, what a testimony she got. 
So let's stand together. So we're looking for increase this year. And the when, when, when is going to help bring it. So we want to be this year, uh, we want to be givers. We want to be prayers. We want to be fasters. If fasting is foreign to you, start out slow. You know, you don't have to go immediately on a 40-day fast into the wilderness. You'll probably die. Or you'll quit very early in it and be discouraged. So just, hey, you know what? If, in case anybody's forgotten, we hadn't really mentioned it a lot lately anyway, but maybe we'll get back to that. Wednesday was always our church fast day. Now, maybe, wow, wow, work. It's hard to work when I'm hungry. Okay. Well, fast breakfast. Have some lunch so you can get through your day and then fast that evening. You know, figure it out. Because if you do it unto God, He's going to honor it. He didn't say you had to fast 70 days to be get a blessing. But when you fast, God, you know I'm working a job. You know I've got all this going on and um, I can't have my blood sugar dropping and me passing out at work. So uh, I'm going to not have breakfast, but I'm going to have my lunch and I'm going to get through the work day and then when I get home, I'm going to read and I'm going to pray and I'm going to fast and I'll get up and have breakfast the next day. Will it be tough? Yeah. Guess what? Fasting. Yeah. Nobody likes fasting. We like the results of fasting. Uh, but nobody really says, whoo, I love uh, headaches and uh, low blood sugar and falling out. I, yeah, I just look forward to it every time. But what we do look forward to is God moving. We look, look forward to when them chains are breaking. We look forward to families being saved and lives being put back together to miracles, signs, and wonders. And so we do the things because we know that uh, they are, these are spiritual things. And so we get a spiritual reward for it. In other words, God moves in it. When God moves, every good gift, every perfect gift from above, you know, when He's moving, if if all we're doing is fasting to see our waistline shrink, that's dieting. Go on and knock yourself out. Get on a diet. That's fine. But when you are fasting unto the Lord, and when you are uh, calling on His name in prayer, and, and you're combining these things Listen, there are some things that maybe you don't even realize. The disciples didn't even realize that they couldn't cast this spirit out. Hey, well, we couldn't do nothing with it. Why couldn't we? He said, this one only comes forth but by prayer and fasting. So you don't even realize when you combine prayer and fasting together, there's some things that's going to start getting knocked out of your life. You're going to be like, that's what I've been waiting on. And now it's happening because I have combined uh, prayer and fasting and then and don't forget giving giving is mentioned just as much throughout the scripture if not more than these these than pr- praying and and uh, fasting I mean it, it, we don't have to apologize about uh, talking about giving it's in the scripture all the way back to uh, Melchizedek man you can go all the way back and and see so uh, giving you read it in, with Abraham and his sons and his people. God's people are always giving. So uh, don't be upset about people talking about giving. And our church is good about giving. Don't get me wrong. I'm not fussing about that. We've been faithful in it and God's blessed us. And I appreciate every one of you. But what I'm saying is, is more than making this, you know, the light stay on and the air stay on, it's going to help your life and your walk with God. 
you need to see the spiritual side of it and what it's going to do for you as an individual. It's going to make you stronger. So uh, let's lift our hands and pray tonight. We'll be dismissed in this prayer. Lord, we thank you tonight for your word, for the power and the principles that are presented here. And I pray tonight, God, that we can just apply these, that we will receive this word into good ground. And we're going to see 30, 60, 100-fold blessing. Lord, we're going to see the power of that threefold cord of giving, praying, and fasting in our lives. And Lord, we're going to be the victorious church that you designed us to be. Help us, God, to walk by faith, to keep our faith in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap and shout of praise. God's good.